sometimes we don't see or credit the the miracles that are happening because we we either take for granted or we're not in tune with the Lord's voice. But I believe that through the refining that's happened, God has allowed me to see all the many, many ways he's working in my life. It's not just one. It's many, many ways through through the refining seasons that I've had. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the World Changers Podcast with Alonso Malvarez, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower everyday people to change the world. If you're new to us, we release a new episode every Wednesday, so I encourage you to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you are receiving this content. You can also interact uh, with us through social media and email, and that information is in the description below. Again, I am so excited every episode as we are continuing uh, the season and the series of world-changing women. And on today's episode, we are focusing specifically world-changing women who are creatives, slash professionals, slash moms, slash just incredible women. And so (laughs) I'm just really excited to have a friend who is uh, with me on today. Our history is so awesome. She is so many great things to so many people. But one thing I can say for sure is that she is an incredible friend, an incredible sister in Christ. And I'm just so excited to have her. So uh, we welcome to the World Changers podcast, Miss Alexis Bonilla. Welcome, Alexis. Thanks, Alonzo. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, and it's such an honor. How are you? How are things in this uh, pandemic world that we are in and this (laughs) new world that we're in? (laughs) Things are great. I feel like I have to do a little disclaimer that I'm here with my second born. Um, He is six weeks today, actually. So uh, a little itty bitty baby. So, um, but he is joining us on the the World Changers podcast. But things are good. Um, having a toddler and a newborn in the middle of a pandemic has its own unique challenges. But uh, right now, I have been blessed to be able to be on maternity leave and be home with him uh, for about two months. So I'm grateful for this time and uh, just getting to invest in my family right now. But. Uh, Things are great. We were talking before we hit record that the last time we physically saw each other was the uh, the weekend or the week before your actual wedding day, which is nuts to think about that. (laughs) The last time we saw each other. That's absolutely insane. (laughs) And now we're on. That is insane. I think it's crazy. (laughs) Now we're here. Now we live what less than an hour away from each other less than an hour away and and you're on baby number two where has the time gone by yes oh man it has been crazy it's it's crazy how you can go from you know university and being like a dorm building away from your best friends and then you go out into life and everybody kind of goes their separate ways and does amazing things and it's been awesome but you know, you kind of miss being close to your best friends, but uh, life has been wild. I mean, we've been in the last four years, it's been four years, Alonzo. In the last wow. four years, we have been pastors, we've been parents, 
Um, we, I've worked in corporate, I've worked at the church, back in corporate, yeah. freelancing, um, you know, new friends, new family. It's, it's just wild how much life can happen, but definitely the biggest changes is becoming parents for sure. <laughs> yeah, been crazy, yeah. But in a good way. Absolutely. And obviously, um, you shared a little bit of, of just like a 10,000 foot view of, um, your life and, um, feel free to share it for the people that yeah. don't know, um, just a little bit about you, um, your creative background and, um, a little bit more about your professional background as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I went to Lee university where I studied, studied digital media studies and I minored in graphic design and it was really there where I fell in love with storytelling and visual storytelling specifically. So, uh, how do you tell the story of a brand? How do you um, how do you visually tell a story through a video or through um, a design or a logo? And so, in that, I I feel like my undergrad really gave me like a basic view of what I enjoyed, but I didn't really know how that would manifest into a career. And so, um, after after that, we were moving to San Antonio, which is where my husband's from, um, and. I ended up finding an apprenticeship. It was the first digital marketing apprenticeship in the United States, which was a really exciting thing to be a part of. Um, and so that was that was there in the city. And I didn't really know what that would bring. I just knew that I was going to get to do branding and I was going to get to, um, you know, get to do a little bit of the things that I like and that would turn into a job, hopefully. It ended up being um, what I what I would say is a master's equivalency program. And I think people even now, uh, can get their master's through this program uh, that wasn't available because I was in one of the I think I was in only the sixth cohort and so it was still relatively new when I was starting but man that program jump-started me and I'm so grateful for it I learned um, all kinds of digital marketing which was not a place that I saw my career going but a place that I ended up really loving and so that taught me Everything from email marketing to ad campaigns to design to web development to you name it, we did it. And it was really cool because we got to be mentored by actual professionals in the space. And, you know, I'm, I'm always grateful for that mentorship because as much as, um, you know, I've had wonderful teachers in my life, that season of my life really taught me what it meant, um, what, what my passions looked like and what they could become. Uh, because obviously, I mean, with my background and with where I'm at right now, my passion is definitely ministry and telling the story of Jesus Christ and the good news and how can we do that creatively. And you, yeah, that's that's just where my heart is. And so something I really noticed in that space was a lot of Fortune 500 companies didn't even have, um, didn't have the equipping to do digital marketing with where Google has taken it, with where mm. Facebook has taken it, with where social media truthfully has taken it, everything has happened so fast. Algorithms change by the day. Wow. Um, you know, how do you place your money effectively? All these things I was learning. I was like, even even these major companies don't know. They're still learning how to do it. How can the church take this? And how can the church get ahead? Because something that we know, being in ministry, is sometimes the church falls a little bit behind um, yeah. popular culture, what's happening in the world. And so... Wow you know, to me, I was passionate. I was like, how can I figure out how to tell these stories, how to do this type of marketing in a way that correlates to evangelism? 
And that was what was really important to my heart because I was like, I feel like I'm doing digital evangelism for these companies. In the end, marketing really is that. And I was like, it's so expensive. How do we find the free resources? How do we find the ways that um, a church can capitalize on the resources that are out there when, you know, it, it's not something that we know right away. And so uh, I ended up leaving corporate for a little while and working at, um, at our church where my husband was a pastor and where um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they actually, um, they're the senior pastors at that church. And it was a wonderful time of my life to be able to um, have their covering and to be able to really discover what, what ministry meant, first of all, like what, what, how do I, how do I do this? I'm not from a, a family that, that did ministry my whole life, you know? So all of that was new to me in the first place. And then how do I take my skill sets and, um, and really learn how to do ministry through this lens. And so that was a year and a half of learning and growing. And I feel like I learned so much in that time period. Um, and so after that, we had Novali, my daughter, and that was, that was wild. And so um, after that, I felt like uh, God was kind of calling me out of that season in the church and, um, you know, they blessed that. And so I found a job back in corporate where I was working for a movie theater franchise in San Antonio, where they gave a hundred percent of the profits back to the community. So I felt like wow. I was still getting to do a work that served and that was blessing people. Um, and I was a marketing manager there for almost a year. And then, oh, it's been a whirlwind, Alonzo. And so now we're uh, now we're here at One Hope Ministry in South Florida, and I am a digital project manager for One Hope. So I feel like this job really brought that whole story together of my passions and discovering uh, discovering different things that I love to do, discovering the the ways that I wanted to tell the story of Jesus. And so now I get to find ways to get the Bible and get the gospel to kids all over the world digitally, which, um, you know, this position, it, it kind of came out of COVID, which was a really cool thing for me to find out wow. is that it, it was jumpstarted a little bit. It was on the long-term plan, but um, it kind of jumpstarted. It fell into my lap at the right time. And they reached out to me and uh, went through the interview process. And now we're here. I'm obviously on maternity leave, but I'm so excited because um, I feel like it is the culmination of everything and, you know, getting to find out that kids are receiving the gospel in India because of a project I'm doing here in Florida. You know, that's that's been a really, really neat thing. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at professionally right now. Uh, But like I said, I'm home for a few more weeks (laughs) taking advantage of this time with my baby. So. I, I have enjoyed the journey, Lex, just being able to um, come alongside you, your husband, Ellie Bonilla, which, by the way, I know it, it, it hasn't been mentioned as of yet, but uh, Ellie Bonilla is her husband, <laughs> who we've had oh, before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who we've had before. I'm talking oh. about him like he's a distant figure. Right. <laughs> Oh, who we've had before on the World Changes <laughs> podcast. If you have not heard um, his episode on uh, essentially Generation Z and really just uh, reaching out to the uh, the unreached groups of Gen Z on the World Changes podcast, shameless plug, check him out. Uh, so we, we're getting a double whammy of, you know, we, we had Ellie in the past. We have Alexis now. 
And shoot, you never know. We might have the children on the interview uh, in the next couple months or a year. Yeah, Nobly can come on. <laughs> She'll tell you all about Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> all five seasons of the clubhouse. Right. She's ready for you. Um, and it's just been, and it's been so fun, Lex. It's been so fun to know you, to know your family. And it's crazy. It's been seven, almost over seven years since I've now known you and seen wow. how you've transformed from a student to a professional, uh, now a wife and now a mom, what have been the most important lessons you've learned so far in your journey? I would just have to say the biggest one through every season has been faith and learning what that looks like. I think I'm a person that, um, I, I'm very type A. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to be in control of situations and um, understand the outcome and, you know, feel like I can determine the outcome. You know, like I feel like a lot of type A people are that way where it's if I do this, then this should happen. You know what I mean? And that's not always that way. Yeah. Even after you start following Christ, it's it's not always, you know, if you work this hard, then you're going to have this exact outcome and you should make you know, this much money, or you should be in this house, or your, you know, health should go this way. It just doesn't always happen. And it's not always fair. And so I've learned that, you know, ultimately, God is in control. And uh, I really clung to Romans eight twenty eight in every season where, uh, you know, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Yeah. And so, um, I have to hold on to that, even though sometimes things don't look right or things don't look the way I want them to look, that they're working out even better for my good because, you know, ultimately my goal is to serve the kingdom of God. And so something that I've learned is to have a posture of faith in all seasons and also um, have a posture of giving even when I don't have. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really, really huge for me is that even though I don't feel like I have this, um, this much in my bank account and I would like to give this person this, there are other things that you can, you can extend to people in order to be generous. You know, you can always be hospitable. You can always, um, give love. You can always pray for somebody else. You can always be a good friend that doesn't cost anything, you know, and, um, you, you have your family there in your corner. And so it's, it's a lot of, a lot of releasing control is what I've had to learn over the last few years is stripping of my selfishness, which, uh, happens. It happens when you get married, but it happens about a thousand times more when you have kids. <laughs> and so, um, there's been a lot of, a lot of release in that way where I think I went into this thinking that I had more control than I did. Um, but being okay with the fact that I trust God enough and I have enough faith in the God who loves me, uh, that he's working things together for my good. And so, uh, every season that's, that's been a consistent theme in my life. And it's gotten me to this point where, um, you know, where I'm in my story and, you know, we, like I said, we had a big move to South Florida. There was a miracle around every single corner. And, wow. um, you know, I think that was, and I think my ability to be able to see that also, because sometimes we don't see or credit the the miracles that are happening because we, we either take for granted or we're not, you know, in tune with the Lord's voice. But I believe that 
through the refining that's happened, um, God has allowed me to see all the many, many ways he's working in my life. It's not just one. Um, it's many, many ways uh, through through the refining seasons that I've had. So those are some of the major things for sure that I've learned over the last few years. Lex, I, I so appreciate what you um, have shared with us. And in the World Changers podcast, I, I want to be as vulnerable and transparent as possible. And finding, not only finding, but recognizing, I think the key word is, as you mentioned, recognizing the miracles in the moment. That is going to be a tremendous mm-hmm. takeaway for, for all of us today, especially those of the listeners that struggle with anxiety, fear the future. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a futurist. According to my my uh, yeah. top five strengths, um, I'm, I'm very future oriented. <laughs> and even though it's a top strength, it mm-hmm. also can be a weakness because if you can relate to what I am saying of just worrying about the tomorrow to the tomorrow, we're losing the fact that, wow, God gave me strength for today, that someone um, right. provided something for us that we least expected. And it wasn't just circumstantial or because I had the right personality at the right time. Like, yeah, we can like put things logically and say, because of this, but there are miracles that happen Mm -hmm. in the moments. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you got, you know, X amount of dollars landing in your pocket, but the simple fact that you have breath in your body, the, you know, a provision met, whether great or small, there's something heavy on what you just said, Lex, and I greatly, greatly appreciate what you just mentioned because you just got my life together. Uh, <laughs> and I hate to, and I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but it's just something that you know we don't really talk about. You know, I, I, and I feel like as Christian culture, um, when we talk about the supernatural, mm-hmm. when we talk about miraculous, we kind of look look for the kapow mm-hmm. or the boom or the wow. And very often, very right. little do we look at the the very simple things of I have I have a family, you know, that I have individuals mm-hmm. that that care for me. These are miracles that don't necessarily have to be a highlight post on Instagram, but they absolutely still matter, right? Right. And so, wow. Oh, don't that. get me started. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So that's good. Yeah. W- w- you know, with the demands of life, um, you know, w- we can tend to uh, be burnt out, um, especially as, cre- as as a creative person. You are creative. We can lose creativity and at times become unmotivated mm-hmm. to continue in purpose. So my question mm-hmm. is, how do you continue to maintain passion in your purpose? Mm, yeah, that's really, it's really not an easy thing. Um, mm. it, I think it's something that's more trained than ingrained. I did not mean to okay, do that, but okay. I don't feel like it's something Bars. that we naturally have. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Bars. But I don't feel like it's something that comes supernaturally, or not supernaturally, but super space naturally. Um, I think it's something that you kind of have to learn and you kind of have to continue to, um, you know, train your mind to do because 
you know, like you said, it's something of burnout. And often, you know, it's not always a sit down and busy work and tasks and checklists, which a lot of the time it is. And that's kind of how I organize myself. But um, creativity kind of comes through inspiration and pulling from the things around you. And I think it's knowing your process. It's learning the process and knowing your process. Um, and, you know, continuing to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, in, in my apprenticeship, it was always like the thing we always went back to was our why. And we built these personal mission statements. And, um, and I think going back to that, it's, it's something that you have to remember why you're doing what you're doing and you can recenter yourself no matter what is happening around you. Um, no matter what you feel like is pulling you away, whether it's burnout, whether it's difficulty at home, whether it is, um, you know, it it could be a a plethora of things, but, um, I think staying in tune spiritually, like continuing to have your devotional time and, um, and your prayer life with God, I think there's also such thing as divine inspiration that plays an element Mm -hmm. in what we do as creatives, um, that, is in accordance with the agenda of the kingdom, not necessarily our, our agenda. So sometimes, um, you know, I could be in a brainstorming meeting and we could have gone in for one project and the project could look entirely different when you leave. And so it's also having the flexibility that, you know, we're operating in what we need to operate in to get the job done. Um, but sometimes the way to get the job done doesn't necessarily look along the path that we thought. Um, and so being flexible, being open-minded, um, being disciplined, um, you know, I'm kind of preaching to myself cause I don't feel super disciplined right now. I feel a little all over the place, but, mm-hmm. um, I know when I get back to work, that's going to be something that really matters because, you know, you don't know what curveballs are going to come your way, but if you have a creative job, you also have to remember that, um, that God gave you those gifts, you know, that, that you have skills and you have abilities. And there are people that feel like I can't draw. I'm not creative. That is absolutely not true. Like, uh, one of my best wow. friends at my last job, and she's going to laugh if she hears me saying this, uh, she's our data analyst, but she was one of the most creative people I've ever met in my entire life. And, you know, she wasn't sitting down designing graphics all day with me, but she was, um, she was the one that was thinking of our leading promotions because of the numbers that she had seen with past things and creatively conceptualizing based on those numbers. So I feel like I'm also kind of here to say like, creativity doesn't look, creativity is not in a box, you know, and, Mm. um, and just you remembering that, you know, God has given us all a unique gift and, you know, tapping into that through your, your daily prayer life and, um, and an open mind can go a long way. I I feel like I need to bring you back on here for an episode exclusively for creatives, you know, because what you just said right there (laughs) is so powerful, like absolutely powerful. And, um, even in my own life, um, you know, my strengths are, you know, encourager, my strengths are uh, proclaimer of truth through the gospel, through uh, advocacy in mm-hmm. various ways. And um, 
I remember a few years ago, I never really quote unquote saw myself as a creative until I had another friend uh, really highlight, you know, who, who isn't even a really very, very mature Christian. It was actually a young man that I uh, mentor and discipled and very new to the faith. And uh, he highlighted to me, just like your ability to speak to people, your ability to communicate concepts, thoughts, mm-hmm. ideas, like that's creativity. And I'm just like, whoa, like, yeah, I guess that, that is yeah. creative. And I mean, the way that God created was through words, yeah. right? Um, and so I, I, right. I really, really, really just am so glad because this is coming from a creative, y'all. This is coming from a creative. Like Alexis Bonilla is 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 out of this world when it comes to her creativity. And so to <laughs> generally hear her say like, hey, it, don't 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 put yourself in a box and so i feel like someone definitely mm-hmm. needed to hear that just to kind of narrow in our conversation to our audience to our our women of god that are listening lex um mm-hmm. i'm sure that there are some creative slash professionals um that are in a bit of a challenging moment of their life where they may be mm-hmm. kind of hesitant on marriage or becoming a mother uh, because oh, yeah. trying to navigate being a creative, being a professional, being a mom, being a wife might be challenging to them. And so what advice would you give to our ladies that are, that are wanting to continue to pursue their uh, career purpose, but at the same time, they're either worried uh, or concerned about becoming a mom or committing to mm-hmm. being married. What, what what advice would you give to those ladies? Oh, absolutely. I I feel like I'm. You framed that question like I'm talking to myself just a few years ago. Like wow. I I went into this wanting to be married after thirty, have like two kids later in my, you know, like early in my thirties, whatever, you know, that was kind of like my frame of mind. I got married at 21, had my daughter at 23 and had my son now at 25. And, um, I remember cause I, I remember having this, like this yearning in my heart for a child. Um, but thinking like, Oh my gosh, why would I do that? Like, I'm going to throw my career away you know, all the stereotypes that I believe are given to either young moms or whatever, because it is a challenge. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say like, wow, it's been so much easier, you know, so easy. But um, I remember my mentor at the time, she, she's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I love her so much. She gave me Psalm 127.4 and she was saying, uh, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children's bo- children born in one's youth. And I really held on to that because I feel like I was going into it saying, like, I want to accomplish this, 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 and this before I have a child. And, um, you know, otherwise I'm not fulfilling the purpose of my life and, you know, I'm wasting time or, you know, whatever the lies of the enemy came into my mind um, were. There were so many. I feel like there's, you know, it was like, you've worked for this much. Why would you throw it away? you know, it was all these thoughts and I'm just being super vulnerable. Those were the thoughts in my mind. And then she gave me that scripture and, you know, I realized the weight 
that a mother carries the the responsibility that a mother carries and um reading that scripture like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth Um, it specifically is talking about you know young parents and um the fact that you you know your children are are spiritual weapons you know like you're training up people to serve the kingdom of god um and you know, that was just such a beautiful thing to me. And that was a release to me because um, I was sitting there thinking that if I've done this too early, I've messed up. If I've had a child too early, I've messed up. And to take that weight of like a mess up to something that God would encourage and God would be delighted with. And, um, you know, it, it took a weight off of my shoulders. And all of that to say, going into young, being young and married and being young with children, I, I believe like I'm fulfilling my purpose right now, you know, and that has been a mindset shift for me because as somebody that I really found my value in accomplishments and accolades and degrees and all these things, like that was something that I thought would bring me value in my life. I've found more fulfillment in being a mother and the thing is, truthfully, I don't feel like I've lost anything. I feel like I've only gained. And um, I've been able to continue to pursue my career. Wow. I feel like I get more inspiration from my kids than anyone else, you know. Wow. Um, and it, it's been a really, really beautiful thing to take the, you know, to take, it's almost like you go through your whole life of like, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I feel like society tells us now, like, have kids later and later, which is fine. If you have kids later, if you have kids earlier, that, I mean, your story is your story, right? Like, you know, it's going to look different than mine. It's not going to look the exact same, but it's not bad to have a kid younger if you want to have a kid younger. And, um, it's not bad to have a kid older. If you have a kid older, I feel like there's so much pressure right now to, you know, you know, we have to travel and we have to see the world and we have to, um, you know, there's a checklist in, of things that you have to do that people say you have to do before you have kids or you've missed out or you've lost. And I believe the biggest thing I've learned is that truthfully I've gained. And that's not to say, I mean, some people will never have children and that's fine. But as a woman that is working and, you know, I didn't want to lose my career. I never saw myself as a stay-at-home mom and I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I've still been able to work and I've still been able to pursue my passions. And, you know, and I believe that I've continued to even move forward in that. I don't, I don't feel like I've even stayed stagnant. Like I feel like I've grown professionally even since having children. Um, But the beautiful thing is I feel like my kids are growing with me and I, Uh, something that me and Ellie always talked about was like, you know, there, there is always the temptation to be a hundred percent established in your forever home and all these different places before you have kids, which would be wonderful and would be a complete ideal. Um, You know, I would have loved for Novali to have had health insurance when she was born, but we were just not in a financial place. There were a lot of things that I would not recommend doing the way we did, but also, God showed me his providence and his provision and his, um, you know, his generosity and his love for me through that. Mm. So, um, you know, I learned so much through having a child that God was able to use 
uh, my daughter for and my place of motherhood to teach me more about him than I think I ever could have learned otherwise. And so all of that to say, if you feel like you want to have kids and you feel, or you already have kids and you feel like, oh, this is it for me. I'm done. You're not done. Like you have a whole life ahead of you. You know, there's like, there's still so much to do. And even if you never go back to work, like you're responsible for raising a piece of a new generation and a new generation that is going to tell people of the Lord. And so raising your children up in the way they should go, we all say that. And I feel like even sometimes there's like, you know, there's even like, I'm trying to say like, there's even like this meme culture about that like train your child up in the way they should go and then it's like pictures of your kid going to target with you and you know whatever (laughs) there's all these things (laughs) but like that is one of the greatest responsibilities me personally I could ever have in my entire life and to learn that even when I feel like I'm sacrificing something that I would have loved to do if I was um if if we were newlyweds or if um, I was still single or whatever, even if there's things that I'm like, that would have been cool to do. Like I have no regrets because, you know, my life with my kids is better than anything I could have imagined. And God has shown me that he is greater than all of the stigmas and the stereotypes and the messages coming from culture. Like God supersedes culture. And so, you know, if you become a parent, that was divinely ordained. Um, and so you, not only were your kids created for such a time as this, but you were created for such a time as this to be their parents and to raise them to, um, a place that is going to bring the kingdom to the culture. So I know that was a lot, but I'm really passionate about being a mom. So <laughs> Lex, I appreciate that. Even when we look at scripture, uh, we recognize how God still fulfills purpose through the lives of women of God, despite their circumstance. Yeah. And I know that there may be um, some ladies who desire to have children, but are not at the place right now to have it or naturally are unable to have children. And I know that Lex Mm -hmm. spoke a little bit from the side of a mother, but I'm pretty sure Lex can speak to um, those who are not at the place to have children. Um, And Lex, you can feel free to to, to add whatever that that would be. But I I just want to, uh, and and I know this sounds, I feel so out of place as a man um, because I know like culture, you know, the way that we are in society now, Um, you know, it's like, well, you can't speak to this if you don't know, but please hear my sincerity of heart when I say this, you know, by no means do I know exactly what it's like to be a woman at all, to be a woman unable to naturally have children. (laughs) However, um, as a sincere brother in Christ, you know, I just want to speak life to you and encourage you not mm-hmm. as a cop out, but just to just as a man, I just want to speak life to you. I don't know who this even for, not even plan to go this direction, Lex, but I just want to just speak life mm-hmm. and say that you are valuable still, that you are deeply Absolutely. loved by God. And wherever you mm-hmm. find yourself at this moment, please know that your worth 
is found in your heavenly father and whether you are in that struggle of being a parent and pursuing purpose or not being a parent Mm -hmm. you're a student you um whatever that 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 place may be in your life you can still fulfill your god-given purpose and so um Lex, I don't know if you want to say anything to those ladies who yeah. are unable to uh, naturally have children or not at the place to have children, but I just felt led to kind of press in a little bit longer, even on that portion as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I was, I definitely feel that direction. And, um, you know, I have met women in my life that desperately want to have children and that is like and they're unable to or I've also met women that they don't feel like that's their purpose is to have children and I think and both serving actively in the kingdom of God and serving um serving the Lord with all of their heart and I can also say that I've seen miracles I've seen there was a woman um whom I'm very close to from um our past church that we were at. Um, and it was, I think 10 or 11 years of trying to conceive before she had her son. And there are other women that, you know, they were, they were given a diagnosis, whether it's like endometriosis or, um, POCS or, or polycystic ovarian syndrome. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, whether, you know, it was a, a diagnosis where it was like, it's going to be very difficult for you to have children and they've fallen pregnant and it's wonderful. Um, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes um, women, I've, you know, personally, I've never um, gone through losing a child, praise God, because with my son, we did almost lose him. Um, I was in the hospital for a couple of days and uh, they couldn't find his heartbeat. I had had uh, symptoms of all the symptoms of a miscarriage. Wow. And, um, and I haven't actually shared about this, but you know, we went, we went to the hospital and I was there and they were like, you're probably gonna, you know, lose the baby in the next couple days, but we will give it a week and we'll do another ultrasound and see. And by God's grace, they found the heartbeat a week later and, Jesus. um, you know, the symptoms stopped out of nowhere and it was a miracle from God, truthfully. Um, you know, there, there are so many circumstances where whether you do want to have a child or you're not there yet, or you don't know if you will, or, you know, we're speaking to, you know, a bunch of women with different stories. Right. But I believe that wherever you are, whether you're in the wait, I think the beauty is that I found that God is in the waiting. And whether that is you're waiting on clarity, whether you're waiting on your child to be conceived, whether you are waiting on the next season or you're waiting on God's voice, which I think ultimately we're all kind of just, we wait on God's voice and we want to hear him and we want to hear what his purpose is for us. Um, I believe that right now where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you, you know, if you're a student, you study as hard as you can, because whatever you're doing is preparing you for what's next. And that's something that I believe um, has gotten me through the hardest times of my life. 
even I even remember having this awareness as a teenager, as a child of, you know, what I'm doing now is strengthening me for the rest of my life. And the rest of my life, I want to give to God. So he's ultimately in control of that. Sorry, my son's waking up. Um, but he is in control of that. And so, um, you know, something that I've stuck to is if not, he is still good. If he doesn't give you the child, he's still good. If you aren't able to pursue your career in the way that you want to pursue your career, God is still good. Um, and that's what I mean earlier by Romans eight twenty eight. Like he is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You are called according to his purpose and you have purpose in your life, whether, you know, no matter what that may look like. And so it's, it's really understanding that God loves you, that you are um, incredibly called and anointed by God. Like, and I think for me, it was the acceptance of saying, okay, God, I'm letting go of what my flesh thinks I want and clinging to what my spirit knows I need. And in the end, that's truthfully, um, that's truly where you find peace is at the place in between where um, you're letting go of your flesh and you are clinging to your spirit and what your spirit needs. And um, I've seen people find peace in the most difficult of situations that I'm not even going to pretend I understand. Um, But I believe there's peace for you. And I believe that God's miracles still happen as well. So, um, you know, take from that what I pray that there's something in there for the women that are listening to take um, and know that whatever the situation is, I'm incredibly empathetic. Um, But I believe that also we're not victims, we're victors. And God has called you to victory and you're going to get your victory. Um, There is hope and there is um, peace for your situation. And so, uh, God is a good God. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that in the moments of hardship or of uncertainty of not knowing of, am I called? Do I have a purpose? Um, why can't I become a mother? You know, whatever it is there, you know, there's clarity and there's peace for you, but it comes through reading the word of God and through prayer and through, um, praising him when you don't feel like praising him. And that's the biggest thing I've learned is worship goes a long way. So, um, yeah, I hope that I've answered that with as much, um, empathy and sympathy as I feel in my heart for those, for those situations. But, um, I just want to give the message that God is good. Alexis, this has been an absolute joy to have you on the, this episode of the world changers podcast i just want to thank you not only for your presence here but the presence that you have to your family to your community and now the global world and what you do through your ministry and purpose and you have been changing the world since i've met you in the way that you just love others well And so I just honor your commitment to Christ, your purpose, your passion. I'm just, I'm just grateful. um, And I just want to celebrate you publicly because you generally are someone who cares and love others to life. And so thank you so very much personally. 
uh, for being my sister and friend. Uh, thank you so much for your contributions, as I mentioned before. And this has been such a joy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. And it was such an honor to be able to be here with you today. I know baby is at his end, but <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm so grateful. And to get to speak to the women that are listening, I'm so excited that you did this series this month. I think that's such a special thing. And um, I'm so grateful that you are my brother and uh, to continue to see how you uh, impact the kingdom of God. So you're doing great. Thank you, Lex. To every woman out there across the world, I want you to know that we see you, that we honor you, that we celebrate you every day for all that you are and all that God created you to be. May God continue to bless every listener. May God continue to allow you to grow and to make contributions that will forever change the trajectory of our world. Thank you for tuning into the World Changers podcast, and we'll see you next time.